This is Knesset Corner with Rabbi Dov Lippmann. I'm Scott Kahn. The big news in Israel over the past few days has been the trial and conviction of Elor Azaria, an Israeli soldier who shot a terrorist after the terrorist had already been subdued. Rabbi Lippmann, what are your thoughts about this trial? My feeling is that the very fact that we had this trial for a soldier is actually a badge of pride for Israel and Israeli democracy. Here you had a situation in a very tough, tough scenario where a terrorist came and stabbed an Israeli soldier, and his friend saw that this happened. The terrorist was neutralized, lying on the ground, but not yet dead. And he felt, uh, for whatever the reason, the court has to decide that, he shot him in the head and he killed him. In any society around us, uh, there would not have been any kind of a trial or let's go to judgment and see, did he do the right thing? Did he do the wrong thing? I, I have to imagine somebody who kills an enemy is viewed as a, as a hero, and that's the end of the story. So the very fact that we had a trial to figure out, was it the right thing? Was it the wrong thing? Did he not follow orders? Is it murder? Is it manslaughter? Is he innocent? Just to have a process which plays out where uh, rules and laws are, are brought into action, that's something which Israel can be very proud of. And as the world defames Israel and criticizes Israel for being a country that doesn't stand for justice and doesn't stand for human rights and all other kinds of labels that we receive, this trial itself proves just the opposite, that we are a democracy, uh, we have rules and regulations and laws, and an Israeli soldier is also subject to those rules and laws. What are your thoughts about the verdict? When the video first came out showing Elor shooting the terrorist and everyone on all sides started claiming he's guilty, he's innocent, my thought all along was, how can I possibly know from seeing a few seconds of a video what happened there? There's no possible way to know. And that's why there was a, there was a group of judges who sat there, witnesses came in, experts came in, prosecution, defense, and without any political uh, inclination or leaning, they took in this information, they made a decision based on that. Our response has to be 100% to respect that verdict and say he's guilty of what they said he, he, he's guilty of. They said he's guilty of manslaughter. They said that he made a decision that his friend uh, was stabbed and this terrorist should not continue to live. And he made a decision on his own to do that. He was guilty. I never served in the Israeli army, but I'm surrounded by people who have served in the Israeli army. And they say there's a very, very strict code in terms of both when to use arms, when not, when to follow orders, how to follow orders. There were commanders that were at the scene, and they did not make the decision or give the order to shoot him in the head. And therefore, the court found him to be uh, guilty. The question of what happens in terms of his punishment is a whole other question. But our response and the response of anyone to the verdict must be we have a court system. The court system made its decision, and we have to respect that decision. Isn't there a fear, though, that future soldiers, seeing that a soldier was convicted of manslaughter, may, in the heat of battle, be a little bit afraid to shoot when the requirements of war would require they do shoot? I've asked soldiers about it. I've asked soldiers in our community that question. And they all said, again, this was their response, there's no way they would ever shot that terrorist in the head, given what they saw in that scene. This wasn't in the heat of the moment in the battle. It was 11 minutes after the terror attack took place. Again, 
far be it for me to judge Allure. I've never been in that situation. But in terms of the army culture, that's not a situation of a terrorist who is attacking someone. There is an ongoing attack. The scene, for all practical purposes, was closed. And now it's just a question of if taking the terrorist and, and taking him away. That's not the normal situation of the heat of the battle. Again, El Or might have felt himself in the heat of the battle, and I can't judge him for that. But in terms of the regular situation, that's not the case. We've had over a year and a half of terror attacks, of these stabbings, and soldiers, policemen have all responded, uh, shooting the terrorists. None of them are being brought to trial for that because it was the middle of a terror attack. So I don't have that fear. I will go one step, though. From what I'm hearing in the army, the idea of an Israeli soldier actually serving time in prison for his action in a terrorist attack situation, that's a whole other question than finding him guilty. What are your feelings about the reaction of the general population to the verdict? So this relates a little bit to what I was talking about a moment ago in terms of should he sit in prison or not. There's no doubt that there will be a process that will be explored uh, once a sentence is rendered in terms of uh, a pardoning. And by the way, there are people who are saying the sentence itself is going to take into account the, the morale of the Israeli army. There's one thing to say, he's guilty of manslaughter, he did the wrong thing, that sends a very important message, but they've had 10 months of suffering, both the soldier, both his family, and it could be that that will be taken account into the, the, the judgment in terms of how long he's punished for. Once we know what that punishment is, it could be considered in terms of pardons and other things. But politicians running immediately to say, he should be pardoned. They have, have they read the entire, it's a 100-page verdict. Have they read it to see exactly what it says? Do they understand what happens now in the sentencing stage? Do they understand who has the power uh, to render that pardon? I feel that that was politicians on one side of the political equation turning this into politics. By the way, politicians on all sides of the equation have been doing this from the beginning, and that's a shame. Instead of just being silent and saying, let the process play out, people were making statements on all sides. For the, the population, uh, there's no doubt that there's an extreme element which was demonstrating outside of the courthouse and there was some violence involved. I'm hoping that the leaders of the country will be the ones to set the example to quiet that immediately. The police arrested people who acted violently. There are threats that have been made to the judges. There have been threats that have been made to the chief of staff. This is where leadership comes in, and you have to have leaders not rushing right away uh, to talk about pardons and sort of taking a side in the verdict, but the very, very clear statement has to be made that there's a decision that's been rendered, we have to respect it, and that's that. And that's why when politicians ran to talk about pardoning right away, I feel that that was almost siding with those who were vehemently uh, against the decision, and that hurts Israeli democracy, that hurts the judicial system. I'll say... I have a feeling that there are people on the left side of the political map who I didn't hear so much of it, but I hope that there won't be any kind of celebration over the fact that an Israeli soldier is going to be punished for using his arms in a situation where he shouldn't. I haven't heard those voices, but I'm nervous about them. That's why everyone should be just standing up right now and saying we respect the verdict, there are judges, and that's the way a, a democracy and a civilized society has to function. Moving on to a different topic... At the end of last week, a poll came out by Channel 10 saying that if the election were held today, Yesha Atid would get 27 seats to 24 for Likud. Channel 1 came out with a poll tonight saying that Yesha Atid would have 26 seats and Likud would have 22. 
perhaps even more significantly, the preference for prime minister is closer than ever before, now with Netanyahu polling at 23%, Yair Lapid at 21%, and Naftali Bennett next at 7%. What are your thoughts about this poll as a member of Yeshatid? So uh, if you go to Yeshatid headquarters, there's no champagne being popped and there's no uh, fireworks being shot off. We understand that polls are polls and we have a lot of hard work to do to, uh, to be prepared for whenever next elections come. However, uh, there's clearly a trend that's taking place. When you have over the course of a half a year, you have polls that show Yeshatid and Likud for all intents and purposes neck and neck. Whether one is above by two seats or one, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it shows that there's a trend that's going on. And the, the trend defines Yeshatid as the alternative party for leadership of the country. And especially the poll tonight captures the reality that Yair Lapid is the only alternative candidate for prime minister. In terms of who's going to win when that election comes, we have no idea. But that is what has clearly been established. Uh, Anybody who knows anything about polls, correct. They're not precise in terms of the exact numbers, but they absolutely show trends. And those are the trends that we see. So for us in Yeshatid, we take that with a real sense of responsibility. Uh, we actually don't even view, we don't call ourselves the opposition. We call ourselves the alternative. The alternative means that we don't argue with the government about everything. When the government does something that we support, we'll support it. We're not here just to be against the government, uh, but certainly to present ourselves to the Israeli public as an alternative. If we go back to the first topic we were talking about for a moment, to the Elor Azaria case, Yair Lapid was the one politician the night before the verdict who said, tomorrow the people of Israel will be tested. We'll be tested to see, are we going to accept our justice system and our institutions as a democracy, or are we going to let ourselves be polarized? And he even said a line, he said, our enemies celebrate when they see us ripping ourselves apart from within. And we have to own up tomorrow and not be that way. And at the end he said, let's tomorrow all be soldiers of the Israeli Society Defense Forces. There's a tone that people in Israel are hearing from Yair Lapid, which they have not heard from Israeli prime ministers for years, in terms of a vision of Zionism, of dreams of how good Israel can be, of reaching for our highest potential, of unity, of not being polarized and using everything that happens in the daily news just for politics. And little by little, the Israeli public is, trying, is starting to see that. And they're seeing a leader, they're seeing a fresh face uh, of responsibility emerging, and that's showing itself in the polls. So I personally uh, see great satisfaction in that. We have a lot of work to do to be prepared for the next elections, but I'm happy that the people of Israel are starting to see that in Yeshatid as a party and in Yair Lapid as a candidate for prime minister. Are you doing anything to bring elections closer? There's very little that an opposition can do to bring elections closer. You try to point out to the broader public when things uh, are not being done the way they should be done. But we're not a party that's searching for some kind of gimmicks or anything like that. The elections will come uh, when they come, and uh, we will make sure that we are prepared for it. There's one thing that we are doing is the night of the last elections, when Yeshatid went down from 19 seats to 11 seats, that night, Yair Lapid said, Changing a country doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in one term in Knesset. There are going to be ups and downs. We're not talking about changing the country for tomorrow or for a week from now or for a year from now. This is for 50 years from now. And we have to be prepared for that long process. And we'll build ourselves up again and we'll be back. And, and sure enough, that's been the way we've approached it. We've been speaking to the Israeli public every night. There are events all around Israel from the Yeshatid party. And they're hearing that message. And whenever there are elections, whether it's through the government falling or at its 
regularly scheduled time, will be prepared for it, and hopefully the people of Israel will see that there's a real alternative, uh, both as a ruling party and as a candidate for prime minister, and we're certainly hoping that they'll vote for us and give us uh, that, uh, that, that responsibility and to be able to change the country into the right course. I'm Scott Kahn with Rabbi Dov Lippman. This has been Knesset Corner.